to the Roma Press Podcast with John Solano. Hello everybody, welcome back to another edition of the Roma Press Podcast. As always, we hope you are doing well, we hope you are staying safe. So after last week's first uh, edition of the Look Back series, we asked you again which season you would like for us to review. We threw out there 2010, 2011, 2011, 2012, 2012, 2013. And then we also threw out, uh, we also gave you the option of 2016, 2017. And that is the one everybody chose, which to be honest, Andy, I was kind of surprised by that because again, other than 2009, 2010, this is another season where obviously not as close as 2009 2010 but still extremely heartbreaking i mean they finished four points behind juve yeah and also it's it's funny to see how um uh, how people um instead of of going chronologically they prefer to jump to the fondest sort of memories most positive seasons because um 16 17 is is still really vivid in my mind um Probably because of how much talent we had, and 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 just one of the more uh, stable um, years. Uh, and so, I I think I think it's it's gonna be fun to get to dive into it. There is a lot of positives and a lot of negatives. Um, obviously, the end of the line for Totti, uh, the end of the line for Spalletti as well, and. Um, you know, on one hand, a truly great season with some great football, and um, otherwise, it, it, it's again one of those seasons, one of those Roma seasons that you wish for more. All right, but let's get into it. The 2016 2017 season at Roma. La del Ninja! 2-0 Roma al 56esimo tra le proteste dei nerazzurri un giocatore semplicemente meraviglioso Rajan Engolan e sono nove in questa stagione All right so just like last time we're going to do a quick discussion on the transfer market we will discuss high moments low moments memorable matches uh, worst matches and sort of go through our best players of that season so let's uh, let's discuss the transfer market. So a lot of what Roma did that summer was more or less um, making the players they had on loan permanent, right? Because we all remember who arrived in that January transfer market in the winter of yes. 2016, right? We had El Shirawi, we had Perotti. Um, now in the summer, yep. what Roma do is they buy Alisson, as many of you remember. They bring back Chesney. On a loan, they bring in Mario Rui from Empoli, Juan Jesus, hoof from Inter. I know this and, one is and your mind favorite. mind you, Mario Rui is considered a, a, a difference maker. <laughs> he, he is. They bring in, I know your favorite, Thomas from Milan from Barcelona. They bring in Bruno oh. Perez on loan <laughs> with option to buy. And then they also bring in Federico Fazio from Tottenham Hotspurs. And then in the summer, or I'm sorry, in the winter, January of 2017, they also welcomed Clément Grenier. Now, as far as departures, 
that summer. There really were not many notable ones. Uh, Iago Falque left. That was a very weird one. I, I forget he even existed. Remember, he was so critical in the early yeah. parts of that 2015-2016 season. And then he just, like, he fell off the map once uh, Spalletti took over. Yeah, yeah I think he felt that. I, yeah, I, I agree. Um, he, I think he, he felt it. Like, that was his chance to, to, sort, of, to sort of advance in his career. And, and he, just, he just couldn't, he just, he just didn't take the chance. We also had Leandro Castan leave. We had Venker. That was... He's another guy. You you forget he even existed. Uh, Seru Dumbia. Bumbia. He left. Uh, who else here? Uh, Zukanovic. Uh, Lucas Digne. D- Lucas Digne leaves the club. That was one of the ones that probably hurt the most, right? I mean, that that departure was felt. Now, yeah, obviously, oh, we'll get into Emerson Palmieri, who was sensational this season. But um, we also had De Sanctis leave. He left for Monaco. Uh, Yuchan, he returned to Fenerbahce. Maikon, his contract expired. Saidu Keita, a guy I know you love, his contract oh, expired as well. Um, and that's it because you had Yaich, but he was on loan at Inter the season before. So technically, right. he left in 2015, 2016. Uh, in I've wow, there's a name. Um, <laughs> he left for. Bologna. So it was um very interesting market to say the least. Obviously, again, we have the benefit of hindsight. So at the time, I would say most of these made a lot of sense, except Juan Jesus. I to this day, and it's not even that Juan Jesus cost 10 million euros, it's the wages that they handed him. Sabatini, for the most part, I don't know if we want to grade him on a scale of 10 during his time at Roma. I would give him probably a seven, seven and a half, maybe an eight. I thought he was pretty good. Yeah. Um, this one, though. Like for that particular transfer mark, man, that was like a big fuck you. Like, I, I, come on. Garrison, uh, Juan Jesus. Um, Juan Jesus, that's the one that. I mean, it's not as if he was a difference maker at Inter, right? I mean, this is a guy who was even... He was a meme at Inter. He was a meme Inter. even Everybody at Inter, him. right. I don't understand what, what happened. I, I think this was like a... just a, It seems like a very rushed transfer mark because on one hand, you have decisions that make sense considering what those players had done before. So Mario Rui at Empoli, solid, solid fullback. Um, Bruno Perez at Torino. Everybody remembers him for 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 that goal against Juve, um, and made sense. He was a solid player at Torino, uh, but but then you know you 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 had you had um, Fazio who was sort of like a, a a bench warmer at Tottenham, and then let's we'll get into it later. But to me, it was one of the revelations of that season. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah. And, and and then Thomas Vermalen, who uh, really a mixed bag, injured always. I I really don't know what the point of that that was. Maybe it was something along the lines of Smalling this this season, um, <laughs> but it it clearly didn't work out. So to me, this market was so chaotic, and it, it was clear that something was off in 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 the dynamics between Sabatini and the rest. And and then you know, and then you were left with Masara, who we know. For so long, he he didn't know if he was going to stay at Roma. He didn't know if he had a future here. Then he left to go to Inter. Then he came back. Um, whatever happened then. 
it, it, it just it, I, it, if if we're looking at what Spalletti was working with in that offseason, then you know that's he, he he deserves an applause for what came afterwards. Oh, absolutely. I th- this market. The funny thing is, is I mean, when you look back on it in pa- on paper, like this looks like an incredibly strong Roma. But then I just remember thinking how many or the biggest thing for me was the lack of depth. Yes. After it was after yes. it was very clear that Bruno Perez was not the answer. We all remember what happened, right? Rudiger yeah. started playing on the right. And do we want to remember when we realized that Leandro Paredes wasn't uh, oh. an all-star? Oh, are we going to get into that now? Let's get into that now. Um, I, I tell this story at least once every month on the podcast, but let me just bring it up again because, I don't know, I'm a glutton for punishment, I guess. Um, so that summer, okay, Roma, they could, they, Roma essentially had to choose that summer, okay? They had to choose between Perez or bringing in Diawara from Bologna. Now, at the time, Roma had a deal in place for Diawara. Had a deal with Bologna, had a deal with Diawara's agent and his lawyer. It was done 100%. The only thing they had to do. Sensational at Bologna. Let's remember. So good. So good. Him and Donza playing next to each other were so good. All Roma had to do was say yes. That's it. Yes. And they bring him. Instead, and you'll hear whose fault it was from different uh, from different sources. If you talk to Diawara's people, they'll say that it was Sabatini who uh, who chose to keep Paredes at the club. Because Paredes had offers from Milan. He had offers from abroad in Spain. So it was essentially Roma had to choose between Paredes and Diawara. And they chose Paredes and Everybody knows my opinion on that. I'm not going to hate on the guy. Now, it, it's interesting because some people think he's actually good. Like, even now at PSG, there are people who think he is a quality player. For me, I have said it time and time again. He is a futsal player. Um, I have never seen anybody just make the most use, useless passes in a string of a match that I've ever seen in my life. I mean, I mean, let's remember that people people criticize Nzonzi for you know making lazy passes, but uh, Paredes revealed himself to be just like that, making lazy passes throughout the entirety of the season. It's just that he got a lot of game time because we were running a midfield of three players uh, right. with Strotman, Nainggolan, and 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 De Rossi, who are playing overtime and. You know, for the small games against Pescara and the likes, and and you know, and against Serbian farmers in in the Europa League, you needed Paredes, but not once in that whole season did he have a, a, a like a, a clear man of the match performance. Um, even no. though he scored goals, he had assists, but never had that impact. Never found his footing in this team. No. Um... And I would say with that market, the biggest issue now, obviously they 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 brought in Grenier in the winter, but I think even at the time it seemed like wow, this is what they're doing, because he would play yeah. in that four two three one role. Obviously, you had Nangolan playing as the ten. Even at the time, it seemed like wow, okay, so this is what is happening. It's Derossi, Strotman, and Paredes for that two man midfield. That's it. We're not we're not bringing in anything else. I, and I mean, mind this, you, this and mind it. you, this was this was this was easily one of the worst seasons in in Derossi's later part of his career. Yes, and and it all starts in that game against Porto, 
and it carries on. And he was he was starting so many games exactly because of that, because Paredes was not a valid alternative. You had given Pjanic away, and you found yourself running a midfield of three players, one of which was had suffered the the worst injuries in Strootman, one of which who, who in Nangoan who was playing as a ten and was phenomenal, and the other one was an aging De Rossi who seriously that that year, if you compare the two seasons with that year and the the um, Di Francesco's first year, um, it's two different players, and I, I I believe that our shortcomings in that final year of Spalletti was mainly due to uh, just the short bench, no valid uh, alternatives to that midfield. Oh, I couldn't agree more. And <laughs> the inter- so let's, let's get into the season now. Let, let's just go sort of through, through the campaign. So we all know how the season starts, right? Andy just mentioned it. Roma, they're in the preliminary rounds of the Champions League. They get a really good result in Portugal. 1-1. You're coming back home now. Second leg. Okay, this is going to happen, right? Roma going to advance. Fucking hell, man. Fucking hell. There, there, there is no... Other than meltdown, I cannot describe that match in any other way. It was a complete and total loss of composure. It was a complete and total lack of character. In my memory, for how strong that Roma was, that is without question yeah. one of the lowest points I have ever felt about Roma within the last few years because... Yeah. That aroma was so strong, and for them to perform like that, no, I mean, it's it's first of all, let's remember what happened back in Portugal. For, first game back, first game for for Vermalen, what happens? Like, I, I what, seriously, what like, happens? And hold on, you have to preface it. What is it happens in the first half? Yes, Vermalen is sent off in. I think. Oh. Hold on, what is it? I'm pulling up the match now. In 41 minutes, he's sent yeah. off. Very yeah. first match. <laughs> and I, I remember the anticipation. The, you know, oh my God, this is Manolas and Vermalen. You know, this is going to be it. This is going to be the partnership. And then he gets the first yellow. And then the second yellow. And, and he's off. And Roma, you know, we're leading. And then, boom, it happens as always. So, yes, it was a technically a good result going back to Rome. But still, what, what you could have done <laughs> and what went wrong you know, went wrong perfectly in that game. And um, and it d- definitely influenced what happened afterwards, which, again, as you said, is one of the lowest points I've seen Roma in the recent years, probably top five worst moments of the decade, top five games of the decade. It, it, to me, that beats most of the 7-1 to one games and 6-1 to one games that we uh, suffered because it was so, you had no explanation what was for what was going on. You you had De Rossi turning into Rambo and almost breaking an opponent's leg. You had Emerson, who was just playing completely brainless and like he was not a part of that team. And everybody started insulting him, and that's why later on that him turning it around was such a sensational moment for us in that season because nobody expected it because that game everything went wrong uh Szczesny made one of the worst exits you could possibly find a goalkeeper do and it just it was you know it was a goodbye to Champions League for Totti 
and it was probably one of the lowest points of 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 that particular campaign. Oh, 100%. I, I think the next lowest moment comes in April, which we will get to in a moment. But without without question, in my opinion, if you want to just talk about uh, deflation, a, a terrible way to begin your entire campaign. And it's not as if Porto were even that good against Roma. It was it was Roma. You have it 1-1 on aggregate coming home. And as I said, just a complete lack of any sort of maturity that you would expect from a big club with big players. So it, it was just an awful way to start the season. I mean, really, there's no other way to describe it. Now, obviously, Roma did, can we call it relatively well in the Europa League that season? Let's just jump to the Europa League now. Mm-hmm. Because obviously, Roma, they're eliminated from the preliminary rounds of the of the Champions League. They go into the Europa League, and they have... What has to be the easiest group in the history of the competition? I can't even pronounce yeah. some of the uh, worst teams you can possibly witness. Yeah. So in their group, Roma had Astra, Georgiou, Victoria <laughs> yes. Pilsen, and then Austria Wien. Without, I mean, that has to be. I I don't know <laughs> what the UEFA coefficients were at that time. That has to be without question the easiest yeah. group. That maybe they've ever had in the club history, but they still somehow only got six. T- or I'm sorry, they got 12 points out of that. Three wins, three draws, no losses. I I agree, but you have to consider that that's the only reason why uh, Spalletti was basically at a certain moment playing those games with Sec, with Iturbe, and with Paredes and and Gerson and uh, and Gerson who was still finding his footing and i guess is that's you know that's his best description at at this time (laughs) at roma but that's what spalletti was dealing with at the time you had iturbe um who was playing with totti as um as uh as an as you know two forwards um you had paredes leading the midfield with gerson you had juan jesus in the defense um you had sec who I, i don't know if he's still alive um, yeah, playing as a play fullback football anymore. I don't. I don't know. I know he's from that generation of Nura. I think they were buddies. But he he's the one. Uh, he, 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 I I don't know what it is. I mean, you look at this season, and there is a lot of great moments. Um, and uh, you know, it, it, the, probably the fact that we managed to maintain such a good, you know, going in the Serie A was also due to this accessible Europa League campaign that you can could afford to play with your bench players. So Roma, they finished first in the group. And then I remember where I was when this happened, when Roma drew Villarreal for the next round. Admittedly, I thought Roma were going to get knocked out. I remember tweeting it because Roma, they I don't know what it is. They always seem to be unlucky when it comes to the draw in, in Europe, no matter what competition it is, Champions League, Europa League. But for me, one of the highest points of that entire season, Roma winning in Spain 4-0, to zero, uh, without question, one of their best yeah, performances, so particularly when you consider um, it was in Europe. And I just remember the goal of Emerson. Do you remember that? That curling with oh, the Oh, man, right I just retweeted that... it. I retweeted it two days ago. Oh, that, man. That is it's, so good. Um, Considering considering all the trouble you've had with fullbacks and that in, in that particular moment in the campaign, Emerson was at his peak. Um, we'll get to favorite players later, but in that game particularly, everything was going right. You had 
peak Jekko. Jekko was having a tremendous season, but that game was he was at his sharpest. Like it, it was yeah. he manhandled Musacchio and everybody else. Emerson on that first goal loses uh, Castillejo, embarrasses him. Then you had Strotman playing phenomenal, even though he struggled uh, uh, parts of that season. Um, you, you had Nainggolan having the, the, the time of his life out there. That To me, that game was, again, a, a perfect summary of Luciano's, uh, Spalletti's Roma in that season that they dominated. They, that game, you, you went to Spain and you dominated from the first of the very last second. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that for me, um, in terms of high points, that has to be in my top one or two moments of the entire season because that was that was when everything came together, it seemed. And Jekyll, um, that hat-trick he had against Villarreal, he had it. And I, I guess these things you, you think you remember, but they sort of get lost with time. He scored that hat-trick in a span of 21 minutes. He had goals at the 65th minute, 79th minute, and 86th minute. So a 20-minute hat-trick, essentially. Unbelievable. You just said we'll talk about players in a moment. But for me, man, Jekyll of that season was – it was he was something to behold. Because, I first off, I was so happy for him for the way things happened that season. Because, let's just be honest, 2015-2016 for him. The first season with him at Roma, the guy was a joke, right? Yeah, it was, it's right like now, you, Julio Baptista 2-0. I still remember that miss he had against Palermo. <laughs> Maicon delivers him this perfect cross. Oh my Checo God. hits it with his left foot. Uh, literally nobody on the back post. <laughs> and he, um, oh, the ball drifts wide. It, it was just astonishing. But to see him rebound in this spectacular way. I mean, there were some people who wanted to sell Jekyll after that season. Nobody would have expected him to perform in the manner in which he did. So, A, I was happy for him, and B, I, I was astonished by him because he was just at this level that Roma had not seen from a number nine in quite some time. I mean, we could debate who it was. You could say it was Batistuta. You could say it was Totti, whatever. I, I'm strictly talking about number nines, but... Yeah, I, I mean, that was a season where, I, and, and you have to consider too, in terms of value, I know I bring this up a lot, but it was like Roma hit the lottery with Dzeko um, for what they paid for him and the output they've gotten for him in these years is just astonishing to me. In 2016, 2017 was the peak. The way he performed in that match against Villarreal was nothing short of extraordinary. So uh, Roma, they advance 4-1 to on aggregate against the Spanish side. And then, Andy, they come up against Lyon in the round of 16. Now, I don't know whether we should discuss the first leg or the second leg because both are equally as depressing. Do you remember that 4-2 to in France? Because I, my God, I remember who I was watching it with. That was one of the most disappointing... Um, I don't know if I've sworn that maybe maybe Roma against Liverpool in the second leg. I think that was the last time maybe I swore that much at the television. But my God, that four to two. So Lyon they defeat Roma four to two in France, and it was one of the most uh, chaotic matches I think I have ever witnessed Roma participate in in my entire life. 
you know, it, it, it felt surreal to see us score, then them score, then us make these stupid mistakes. And at the end of the day, that's that's what cost us uh, a, a trophy because I believe that Roma was just extremely talented. Um, and, and it's a disappointment to see that they came empty-handed um, when they had some of the best years for many, many of the players, including Jeko, including Emerson, including Nainggolan, who we'll get to him later, but he was absolutely world class. Yeah, the the four to two against Lyon, in my opinion, was much like the the earlier match against Porto. Lack of character, lack of composure, lack um, lack of maturity. Certainly, it, it was just so interesting and. and Roma now the four the so Roma they lose four to two to Lyon again in in France and if you remember the the thing that essentially came back to kill them was I don't know if you remember Lacazette in the dying like seconds of that match he got a goal in the ninety third minute and that essentially is what crashes Roma out of the competition because in the second leg Roma they defeat Lyon two to one in Rome oh, man. so they lose yeah. a, so they lose the tie. By one goal, five to four on aggregate. Um, in that entire matchup, there are so many moments where you're watching, and you're just so frustrated because you would expect more from this Roma. It, it was very, very disappointing. And even in the home leg, uh, when now Roma win the home leg two to one, um, Lyon they score a goal within the first 15, 16 minutes of the match. Now <laughs> Roma responded right back. But they just could not get another goal after that. Now, they got an own goal in the second half, but that was it. Yeah. They ultimately lose by one goal. I, I, I think I think that was the that was the time where my my the number of insults directed at, at Salah hit a peak for me because that oh man I remember those so two many games chances were wasted. just one after the other. I know that that people you know uh, we, we we lost Salah and that was a great loss, but. The player that that we had compared to the player that Klopp has right now is two different ones because Salah was excellent. Two different, M- yes. Don't get m- me, you know, yeah. Don't you know? Don't misunderstand me. He was excellent. He made the difference, and and Spalletti knew it, and he even made the whole press conference about Salah's movement, um, and you know how he offered us. Uh, just we we were always in advantaged. Uh, with him in the starting lineup, by the way he speed worked, by by the way he just attacked the the the, the empty space in front of him, um, that was unmatched. But but the chances that he missed in in those games against Lyon and Lazio that proved to be crucial, um, it's something that I will never forget. I think you just summed it up perfectly, though the the wasted chances. The one that always sticks out to me is from actually from the previous season when Roma are facing Real Madrid in the Champions League. Do you remember how many chances he and Jacko missed? That was the one where oh I always god. go back to that one. That game. Where, oh my yeah, god. Uh, so that was it for Roma in in the Europa League. They crash out in the round of sixteen. Uh, as far as the Coppa Italia goes, uh, Roma, they crashed out to Lazio 4-3 to on aggregate. As Andy just said, it uh, it all sort of fell down and ended for Roma in March and April. That's when everything that just... That was it. That was it. Just, yeah, just it what, was that, those two that, months. That's all. Just incredible. Yeah, because, incredible. I mean, the entire season, they have seven losses from December. So from January to May... Roma lost three matches. And again, we say it time and time again. It's those ones that you lose 
in the beginning of the season that come back to absolutely kill you because Roma had two losses um, in their first six matches. In their first six matches, they defeated Udinese, they drew with Cagliari, they defeated Sampdoria, lost to Fiorentina, defeated Crotone, and then lost to yep. Torino. And let's remember that draw against Cagliari when, where Spalletti gave us one of the best gifts of all time where he just drops yes. to his knees and starts slamming the grass uh, on the sidelines because of how easily we conceded two goals. Well, remember, they were up 2-0 to zero in that I match. I believe it was Borriello who scored. It was just... Yeah, it was. Borriello. Jeez, you got a good memory. Yes. Well, and, and it was funny because Roma against Cagliari, there was like a, 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 like it was either two or three seasons in a row, or maybe it was just two, where Roma had a 2-0 to zero lead and they just completely melt down in the second half. And, and I, I think if that's, that, that's sort of like the theme for me with the Roma of this season, again, just the lack of maturity. Um, the league campaign was great. There were so many mo- moments where we could go back to, and they are just on such a higher level than everybody else. Um, it, it's just moments where they sort of lose their head. That really was the overriding, yeah. the overriding theme in this entire season. Um, all right. So, best moment of the season for you is what? Oh, I have two, um, and it's and it's difficult to sort of pick one over the other. I think I will start by saying the derby, which was won with the Strootman goal, because it was just such a pain in the ass. I remember that that derby was really as as much of a derby as they have. It's it was physical, it was aggressive, and um, it was, it, and and that goal just gave us so much energy going forward and I, I I think a lot of people still go back to that celebration it, it felt like a derby and it's probably one of the last derbies that really felt like one and and where Roma yes. just won and it, it gave you a boost and it you felt that the players got a boost from it you felt that the fans got a boost from it so that was a great memory but then I have another moment which is um which is uh, the the game against Inter, where Raja scored those two bangers, and it was and man and that because, one where he cuts to with his, yes. to his right and lifts it over Handanovic. Oh, oh my oh. god! And and then the one where he basically runs for forty meters and still has the strength to just 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 shoot a rocket straight into the top of the goal. Um, because that was Roma, uh, uh, Spalletti's Roma uh, uh, at its peak. Like that was pure dominance, yes. and it was everybody was rotating perfectly. And that was, if you want to look at, you know, a top five midfielder uh, in 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 the prime of his career, that's Raja in that season and in that game where. You know, he he basically changed the complexity of the game. He changed how Roma worked. Um, he was he was everybody likes to say that he was Spalletti's new Perrotta, but he was much more than that because he was just unarguably un- just one of the very best in in the world at in that position. And that game was Roma reaffirming themselves as a valid, uh, you know, uh, second place candidate. Um, and easily one of the most beautiful games uh, that Roma played in recent years. Oh, for sure. Um, 
Yeah, mine similar to that is when, do you remember Roma? They hammered Milan at the San Siro late in the season. Yes. You had Dzeko, and then you had Al Sharawi, and then you had a, a penalty goal from De Rossi. I don't know what it is. I, I always I always hold the matches very dear to my heart where they win at the San Siro because historically, I, I again, I'm 30. Um, growing up, having watched Roma struggle, I don't care if Milan is still a banter era Milan, I, I don't care. That's one of those matches that I, I'll always remember fondly. And then, we haven't mentioned it yet, but come on. Pedalti on the last match day, when we were so... Oh, we, yeah. we kept thinking, oh my God, are we going to have to go to the preliminary rounds of the Champions League again? Yeah. Um, yeah. It kept going back and forth, back and forth, back and I, forth. I went, and to, have... I went to the... Ba- at a certain point, I went to the bathroom. I couldn't take it anymore. I just couldn't. I was, I, I was having panic attacks in those final 10 minutes. It was unfair. Like seriously, what what Chesney decided to to have the worst game of the season? Uh, Palmieri getting injured, uh, Mario Rui getting abused. Um, it, everything was going wrong, and everything was going right at the same time. That was if that there there is one game that this can describe Roma as a fan. It's it's Roma Genoa it. from sixteen seventeen on the last match day. Oh, for sure, yeah. And then watching Pedalti absolutely bang that last goal in, and his celebration to follow was yeah. absolutely sensational. Player goal, of the- sette su rigore. Yeah. <laughs> oh god! Oh my god! I didn't even. I completely forgot about Mario Rui in that match. I I think people will forget. Yeah. He was so, <laughs> so bad, and Chesney too. I, so we talk about Ches. So we talk about Jekyll having a poor previous season. Chesney was so strong in 2016-2017 that I think sometimes we forget how bad, horrible, in 2015-2016. Do we want to go through all the blunders that he made? I'm sure there's a YouTube video out there somewhere, but man, you could find plenty of them. Um, And then it was just so weird to see him making these errors at such a critical moment. It, It was dumbfounding, but... Yeah, for me. And then without... I remember what the reaction was when we gave him away, and we had uh, Allison as a, as his substitute, as his you know, a, a, as the guy taking over, and so much criticism, and people just didn't know what they were in for um, in the next season with Allison in the goal. Yeah, talk about your favorite players for this season. Is it is it Grenier? <laughs> no, it's for me. It's Emerson. For me, it's Emerson because I, similarly to Raja, he was vital to this team because he wasn't just playing left back. Uh, he he was an additional uh, player for the midfield. He was an additional forward because of how threatening he was. I I mean, people don't seem to remember how bad. El Sharawi was that season where he barely got any playing time because of how inconsistent he was. And Perotti just couldn't score, aside from obviously being a reliable penalty taker. But if there was a difference maker and when it came to crosses, when it came to f- footwork uh, and that season, it was it was El Sh- uh, it was Emerson on um on that left flank. And I know that Kolarov, you know, took over and was a cheap option and he did great the first season round. But to me, that season from Emerson is still one of the best uh, years of, of any left back I've seen at Roma in a long, long time. And I, I, I still miss him dearly. I think it was a mistake giving him me away um, because he needed all the support he could get after that injury because he gave us so much during that season. He was playing game in, game out. 
um, playing numerous positions, always reliable, never making mistakes. And he was just as good on the offensive end as on the uh, defensive end. Um, and I think we'll, you know, we'll struggle to find anybody uh, going forward, anybody who's going to be able to replicate a season that, that he had in, in, in that particular year. For me, though, Rudiger had something that uh, I I don't know why, because I, I still miss him. He had the injury in 2015, 2016. He comes back. We didn't know to what degree he would be performing at. Yep. I thought he, him and Fazio, in my opinion, um, because Manolas, man. Manolas was, just, was a no-show in that season. Jesus, No-show yeah. in that season. Uh, Rudiger was, I don't know what it was about his game that I liked. He well, was he, was likeable. So he was likable. He was likable and he was yes. nasty at the same time. Likable. I, I won't say he was maybe, the, I, I won't say he was a player this season, but he was always one of my favorites. And I, I don't know why, but it, it still weighs on me that they sold him now. Obviously, Roma, the following season, they got their revenge. He goes to Chelsea. Roma hammered them in the Champions League twice. But still, just something about it. I, I never liked his departure. Just, it always bothered me. Um, and then Nangolan. That was peak Nangolan for us. And remember how uncertain we were with him playing in that new role. Because we all remember he was playing in the number 10. Hadn't really played in that role before. Because in the previous season, 2015-2016... With Dzeko being a black hole of a player, Roma, I mean, remember they were putting Perotti as a false nine. Uh, Roma were desperate. And and Totti is still, still playing as a substitute. Yes, yes. Man, that was that was peak Nangolan. That was, when I think of memories in Nangolan at Roma, I think most of the positive ones will be from that season because he was, he was, he was so damn good. So damn good. Now, the following season with Di Francesco, I, I it felt like he sort of he was still important, but it still felt like he took a step back. Yeah, I don't know, man. Sure. It, it's still, and and when I look at this list, it just sort of reaffirms that how depressing it is at times to be a Roma supporter because you look at all these important players, and it's like, oh, most of them are gone. Jacko's uh, still here, Peralti's still here. Uh, De Rossi's gone, Strootman's gone, Nangolan's gone, Perez. I, I won't say he's important, but you get the point. Uh, Rudiger, uh, Mario Rui, Emerson. It's just like, man, you don't can even I, have can to I keep give all you, of Can them. I give you a hot take uh, out here? Can I? Can I put a? I, I'm gonna. I'm yes, gonna say please. if we, if we don't, if we don't lose Florenzi at the start of that campaign. We we get away with a trophy that 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 year. I'm not saying a scudetto, but I'm saying we win a trophy that year. If we don't lose Florenzi at the start of the campaign, and we have to adapt Rudiger as a as a as a as a right back, um, we 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 can't, we come off with with a with a trophy because I've, I the the Florenzi. So wait, is that you assuming then that okay? So they don't lose him, they don't buy Bruno Perez. Is that is that your rationale? Well, no, because remember Bruno Perez came in and Florenzi he was injured in that Sassuolo game, so it was already you know Bruno Perez came in. I guess I don't know what the point of that was, but the Florenzi that we saw, the the Florenzi that we saw in the Euro and the Florenzi that we saw at the start of the season was the Florenzi that we would never see again at Roma. And um, yeah. Yeah, if, he was good. If we don't lose, if we don't lose him, we don't have to adapt uh, Rudiger as 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 right back. We can play a Rudiger instead of Manolas, who went as a starter all year long. Um, 
even though he was appalling at times and cost us many, many points, people seem to forget that Fazio was the stronghold. Um, Manolas was nowhere to be found in that season. I believe if if, if Florenzi manages to stay healthy, um, we come back with, with, uh, with a trophy. Wow, that... That might be one of your hottest takes. That is Stephen A. Smith level. I'm just, I'm just saying. I think Florence was such an essential part of that group, and he was still so good at that particular moment in time that it, it's not really so far fetched to think that maybe you know if so many things went wrong at the start of the season, but if that thing had gone right, maybe that would have been the difference maker. And again, to think that a Roma. 87 points. You finish four points behind the eventual Scudetto winner. You come away from that season with nothing to show for it. Nothing. That is, without question, in my opinion, the most frustrating part. And again, on paper, this is certainly, we can compare and contrast, and I'm sure we can make an entire episode about that alone. But in terms of the last five six seven years of Roma um I think you would have to say just in terms of strength this is probably the strongest Roma right even better than the 2013-14 version of Rudy Garcia's Roma Mm, yeah and this is and this is despite the fact that we lost a lot of important players and Pjanic and Seiduketa in in Dinia. Um, uh, it's 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 weird looking at, at at that season without question. And maybe that's why people wanted to hear a review of that season because it's it's held in such fond memory. And maybe people again are sort of gluttons for punishment and they like rehashing all the strong players that we had that season. Yeah, very very. Um, Looking back on it again, particularly when you look at just the roster, it's it's a bit depressing. Some of the players that, in my opinion, I still think should be at Roma, but alas, they are not. So everyone, thank you again for tuning in and listening to this uh, Looking Back series. We thank you again um, for all of the positive comments and feedback we've received from the first one. We hope you enjoyed this one just as much. So we will make a poll uh, next week for which season we will do next. I am curious to see. After 2009, 2010, and 2016, 2017, those were like the peak near Scudetto season. So curious to see where uh, everyone would like to go with next after this one. So as always, thank you so, so much for listening. And until next time, ciao.